0: Welcome to The Thriving Christian Artists, the podcast where we hope you connect with God to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live as an artist in His kingdom. I'm Matt Thomas, your host. Let's get started. Well, hey there. I'm so glad that you're on the podcast with me today. I've got my friend Brian Morikon with me, who is an incredible singer, songwriter, creative, and Brian, I'm so glad that you are with me on the podcast today. It is so good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, I got introduced to you and to your music by your incredible wife, Joy, who's been in my artist mentoring program, and we've been getting to know each other over the last year or so. And um, she's like, "Well, you know, my husband's a singer songwriter," and I'm like, "Really?" And as soon as she sent me your music, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy is (laughs) is rocking my world." And uh, so I've, I've just so appreciated getting to know your heart through your music and. I hope that we can, for everybody, introduce you to uh, folks who may not know what you're doing creatively and really hear the place, uh, you know, from which you create. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, sounds good.
0: (laughs) So tell me a little bit, you know, about your world currently, because um, for folks that are just getting to know you and that sort of thing, um, I know for most creatives, we don't just do one thing. And so there's usually we have a lot of different irons in the fire and tell us kind of what your world is like currently. And then I'd love to dive into some of your, your backstory as well.
1: Yeah. Well, like you said, I am married to joy, who is uh, an amazing woman and super creative. And uh, I, uh, my day job is as director of communications of a nonprofit called Renovare, Mm. R-E-N-O-V-A-R-E. And Renovare, we do conferences and retreats and have a two-year discipleship school and put out a lot of online articles and small group resources and do some publishing and stuff like that. And so I get to manage their website and send out uh weekly emails and do a little bit of writing and uh, you know, shoot some video courses and I'll wear all kinds of different hats like you do at a nonprofit and um and so that's a that's a blessing to to be able to do that as a day job and uh, a lot of creative aspects to that as well. Uh, and then uh, musically, uh, I guess you could say, right now is my my side gig, but <laughs> it's um, it's my my heart. Um, and uh, you know, been been playing guitar for uh, oh boy, almost twenty five years now and uh and songwriting for nearly that long so that's uh that's a little bit about my history
0: that's good you know i was in marketing before i was doing uh my art full-time and you know my art was kind of my side gig as well and i really i had no even thought about ever doing it full-time but it's been interesting how the roles have been reversed and kind of back and forth through your life things that you think are over or things that you know, seasons of your life, you're like, oh, I'll never use that again. Now it totally comes back around. So that's right. I love that how God does, you know, uses everything. And, you know, for me, I think growing up, you know, my mom was a a choir director and musician my whole life. And so I grew up in that kind of environment. Did you grow up in a creative home, musician's home, that sort of thing?
1: You know, I didn't grow up in an especially creative home. I did grow up in a, a Christian home. So I was at, at church all the time. My dad is a counselor. My mom's a nurse. And, uh, but they were always very supportive. My, my dad bought me and I don't know what prompted him to do this, but he, he bought me a little guitar at a flea market for $5 when I was 13. Wow. And he brought it home and it's out there for a little bit. And I remember a young life leader came over and he picked up that $5 guitar and he played a song on it. And that was a, a life changing day for me because I, <laughs> I thought I want to be able to do that. What he's doing, he's making mm. this $5 guitar sound beautiful. and I got to learn how to do that. And that was it. That was the spark that God used to get me started. And my dad said, if you learn how to play that, I'll, I'll buy you a, a nicer one. And, uh, and I did and he did. And that's, uh, that's where it started for me.
0: It's amazing. I think how God uses those little, those moments like that, right. That ignite something inside of us that we didn't even know was there most of the time. And I, I just yeah. think that's, that's so beautiful. And you see it, that commercial by chance that's on, is flying around the internet right now. It's an Elton John, uh, Christmas commercial. And it's, um, they actually show Elton John like right now. So he's probably what, 70 years old or something yeah. playing in his living room. And then it rewinds his life in video and in concerts and all those kinds of, all the way back to the time when he was three years old and his mom bought him his first piano and he played wow. his first note. Oh, oh it so beautiful! But it, it's like you never know, right? What those one moments are gonna are gonna be like.
1: You don't, and it it's a reminder to us of encouraging others is like you just don't know when that moment is going to be for somebody to to just a little piece of encouragement. I mean, that for me, that young life leader. He has no idea. I don't even know his name. I don't know mm-hmm. how to, I don't know how to find him to thank him or anything. Wow. But it's just that one little moment for five minutes when he picked that up. Um, if he hadn't have done that, I probably wouldn't be playing guitar today.
0: Wow. Now did you always link to the songwriting side of things or um as far as a, a place of expression for yourself or when did that start to come along with the with the music into things?
1: Yeah, probably a year or two into playing guitar, I just started writing songs I was just thinking before we started recording what my first song was I think it might have been one I wrote for my sister or something um but you know it's it was 10 years of of really bad songs (laughs) before you get a good one uh I didn't know they were bad at the time that's kind of one of the joys of of uh starting off creating in your youth is that your um your 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 taste uh hasn't outpaced your skill yet when we when we Mm. become adults our taste has has far outpaced our our ability to do that our skill right so we can like appreciate something that's really good and then we realize like where we are and it's so discouraging (laughs) but as a child you know especially if you're taking piano lessons or guitar lessons or something and you might be learning a classical piece, for instance, like you don't have the capacity to actually appreciate that. Right. Most, most kids. And so your skill is actually outpacing your taste and uh, and there's a gift there. And as, as adults, it's just, you know, something we have to, to learn to overcome with, with the Lord, that, that gap. But, um, but yeah, anyhow, so it, I started, started the songwriting pretty young
0: yeah I think you know all of us always joke around with with visual artists I'm like you gotta create a lot of ugly you know before you before That's you it. get to to the beautiful but there there is that balance in the creative process i guess that is what keeps it interesting right it's that tension of of the struggle of of pressing into and pressing for something and yet knowing at the same time I'm not quite there yet but i'm I'm going for it for me I think there's that that for a lot of people it can shut them down but for a lot of people it can it can drive them, you know, toward developing themselves. And it sounds like that you are always able and continue to really use that as a a driving point in, in your development. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's right. That's really cool. And as far as ever thinking about, you know, doing your music professionally, creating CDs and that sort of stuff, I know you you've done um, so much of that in your life and leading worship and all of that. When did you really begin to kind of take your gifting Beyond the family, beyond just you know folks that knew you, and, and really say, "Hey, maybe maybe God wants to use this in a in a larger way."
1: Yeah, the journey has been interesting. When uh, I was nineteen, and I got married at nineteen, very very young, and had uh, one of my groomsmen asked me what I wanted to to do, and I, I told him I wanted to start a recording studio, mm. and he actually invested into that. And so I started this this recording studio, and which sounds uh, kind of glamorous if you don't know anything about it. But if for <laughs> anybody who's actually done any recording I, I, on a local level like that, you realize if you open it up to the public, you're you're recording a lot of uh, gangster rap and Shania Twain covers, and, you know, and whatever. Yeah, I mean, you just do whatever you can to, to pay the Whatever's paying the bills, right? And so that became a you know, cobbler's kid don't have any shoes kind of thing where, you know, I opened it up because I love music and eventually I wanted to keep some of my own music and that sort of thing. And of course, in the five years that I owned the studio, I I recorded, you know, I could count on one hand, the number of my songs that I recorded of my own music. Uh, You know, it just became one of those things. And so I ended up selling the studio and doing falling back on web design to to pay the bills so that music could become kind of a, uh, a hobby again. And around that same time, I started leading worship at a church, which is not something I ever saw myself doing. In fact, the, uh, the worship leader who was there really remarkable guy. In fact, I just did a podcast for Renovari. His name's Scott Baker. And I, he, he passed this year. And, uh, so I did a little podcast, remembering him and his influence on my life. Cause he just, um, he really showed me a different picture of what a worship leader could be. I had a certain stereotype of what I thought that had to be. And he he really blew that out of the water in a good way. And so when he stepped away uh, in 2006, uh, around then, they, they asked me to, to lead worship. And uh, I said, do you have anybody else? And they said, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I said, uh, let me pray about it. And uh felt like I was supposed to step into it. And, uh, and I did, and um, did that for about two years, and it, it was a super a growing experience, just a part-time thing still, but uh, it grew me a lot. Um, but at the end of that two years, I, I realized, you know, um, it, it, had, it had, for me, become largely a logistical uh, thing of like right. picking the right songs and getting the worship team together and, you know, doing the, doing the thing, the grind of it that, you know, and there's grind in every job, but when it becomes primarily grind, then, you know, you have to look at it. Uh, and so I stepped away from it and actually laid down music for a while, almost, almost entirely for, for a couple years. And, um, and it wasn't until we, we moved to the the charlotte area uh and some things in in our life that had happened with with joy and she might have shared a little bit of her story on on the podcast and just some things that happened with her and uh and uh, the uh, an illness that she had and the way the lord healed her that really you know sp- sparked sort of reignited some things for me when we moved to to the charlotte area and uh and then the music kind of uh came back to to life again Mm and in some interesting ways and uh and i'll I'll share one quick story about that so when we first moved to charlotte there's a place called the 24-7 prayer room which is uh this particular one is like an old warehouse that they converted into this like prayer space imagine like a coffee house meets a i don't know monastery it it (laughs) was just a really unique space and we uh and I started going there on a regular basis and a guy asked if he found out I played music. He's like, Hey, do you want to do some worship here? And I thought, sure. And so I, I agreed to it. And he, and uh, he said, great. It's two hours. I thought, two hours. <laughs> and they said the only worship I'd done is like leading in this congregational, you know, more traditional kind of worship songs, three to five minute worship songs. So right. I thought, that's like 25. You're doing a little of songs, worship multiplication
0: right? in your mind,
1: right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing the math. So I get my binder song and I show up and he's there and he's kind of finishing up his set. And he's like, okay, it's all yours. And I said, there's nobody here. And he said, yeah, man, it's for the Lord. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, it is for the Lord, isn't it? And so I, I started playing and that first week I just, plowed through my binder right Mm. and then i just kept doing that week after week for about six months and showed up and it would just be mostly me and the lord maybe some other people were hanging around but it was devotional worship it wasn't congregational Mm. worship and that was a huge shift for me because gradually the songs would linger a little bit more gradually some spontaneous songs would come out of that and and of course there were times of boredom times of you know, where it's yeah, 2 right, hours right. long so but on the whole that was that was a pivotal point in my journey musically and spiritually where it went from being a logistical affair of just getting something done mm. to being to music being this medium uh, through which you can uh, connect with the Lord yeah. uh, and, and ascribe worth to the Lord. And, and, um, and so that was, yeah, that was an important moment for me.
0: That's so good. Cause I, I've often told people, you know, I, I grew up as a musician and, you know, led worship for a lot of years and all that kind of stuff and definitely experienced kind of the, the baggage that you're talking about, about, you know, worship kind of becoming, a logistical exercise and a performance kind of thing, as opposed to really, you know, devotional at heart and that sort of thing and, and laid it down at the same time. And it was interesting that when the Lord began to kind of re-energize my creative journey, it was in the context of my basketry and this weaving Mm -hmm. stuff, which I was like, what does this have to do with Jesus at all? right? But it was this creative expression that I had that had no agenda with it. And I found that the Lord really, was able to breathe into that in such a beautiful way. And now my music funny enough is kind of coming back to me in this season of life, which is, hmm. is funny. In fact, I just bought a new piano this fall. and Good. Good. You know, it's just so funny. I'm writing again. It's like, Oh my gosh. But I think he has to, we almost have to kind of separate from all the stuff around what we do in order to bring it back to this place of beauty. And that's you know, it. That's really what I want to kind of, step into with you because I think, you know, when Joy introduced me to your music, um, one of the things that really struck me um, really hard was the lyrical depth from which you write and you come across as this really super thoughtful and like emotionally and spiritually present kind of person. And I'm like, wow, this guy has got history with the Lord. You have walked through some stuff. Um, You're really, writing from such a beautiful place. And so how did that evolve? Cause it sounds like as you got more uh, connected with your own creative process and with the Lord, maybe you begin to write out of that place as well. So
1: that's it. Yeah, you're right. And from an early age, I longed for authenticity uh, and gravitated towards people like, Keith Green or Rich Mullins, right. folks who might know who that that is, musicians. And there I would listen to Rich, for example, and he has a song called Creed, where he just sings the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. And but he, I somebody else could sing that. And I would not want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh and Rich can sing it and i believe him yeah i i I believed him and um and so there is uh something about this authentic and real voices that i was always on the lookout for and then i would try to emulate in my own song writing and at a young age it really is just emulation because mm. <laughs> because uh for me, I didn't have the life experience, uh, or hadn't suffered, and been through suffering with the Lord, and had that suffering redeemed to to be able to have that belly deep authenticity right. that I loved so much in these in these people. Um, but that was okay. Like it was okay to 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 try and and just imitate it, uh, even though anybody who heard it would, would clearly hear like, this is just an imitation. Mm. Um, but that was okay. Like that was the be- the beginnings of my journey. And it, it wouldn't be for, you know, years later, 10, 15 years later when went through some really, uh, hellish times and my faith was deconstructed down to nothing Mm. And had to really say with the Lord, you know, like, what uh, what do I believe anymore? Really get down to that, that point. And I I remember one day when things were in the thick of when Joy was, was sick. And um, I just wasn't sure which way was up. And I, I didn't know what I was believing about God anymore. And this Andrew Peterson song came on called The Good Confession. And mm. the chorus is... I believe that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I heard that and I thought, I believe that. Mm -hmm. That's it. I know that. I don't know anything else, but I know that. I believe that. And uh, that was kind of the reconstructing of my faith and probably the start of of really writing songs and singing from a place uh, of authenticity authentically singing from that place that I was imitating so many years ago, yeah, you know, but it it took passing through suffering and allowing and being honest with where I was at uh, with the Lord and thank God for the Psalms, right? Oh yeah. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know, uh, David's uh, we're, we're reading through the, the Psalms at work right now. One, one a day. And so we're getting into all the nasty ones and um, it's just so liberating that, that David and the other writers could be so honest about Mm -hmm. things and that God said, I want this in my holy book. (laughs) I want this there. I want this honesty there so that my people can know how to pray and that I want you to be, to be honest with me. And uh, so that's what, that's what it takes getting getting honest with the lord to really get to that place of creating yeah, authentic
0: absolutely art. i feel that because two of the songs that really speak that loud and clear to me in your music are the song who i am off your flame of love project and then uh i love the one that you just wrote i think called wounded boy which you said you wrote in from the back of your buick rendezvous which i love that and, yeah uh, <laughs> that's which is be... where i
1: sit at this moment <laughs>
0: <laughs> at this very moment well, hey there, it's Matt. And you know, one of the things that I've found over the years in working with artists is that real lasting change in our life happens best in the context of supportive Christian community. And that's why I wanted to take this opportunity just to take a second and invite you to be a part of my online community called the Thriving Christian Artists Facebook group. Listen, this group is absolutely free and over the years has actually grown to thousands and thousands of artists in just about every creative medium from countries all over the world. You know, the cool thing is that it, it's become a real place of encouragement and life for artists, just like you and me, who want to share their work, share their life, <laughs> connect with other artists, and really pursue everything God has for us as artists in his kingdom. Now, listen, to join, all you have to do is just click the link in the show notes here and answer a couple of questions just to let us know that you're a real person, and bam, you're in, okay? So, listen, I can't wait to connect with you inside of my Thriving Christian Artist Facebook group. Do it now, and we'll see you there very soon. All right, bye. It seems like the Lord's really had you on a beautiful journey of identity, developing and solidifying your identity in him. And talk a little bit about that journey, because I know for so many of us that are coming into this thing I call thriving as an artist, spiritually, creatively, in our business, just walking in the kingdom, identity is core uh, to that. And it seems like that's been a real core part of your journey as well.
1: I'm still on it. (laughs) <laughs> we you know, all are and,
0: huh?
1: uh, <laughs> on a in a in a big way you know i was looking at your questions you sent ahead of time one was you know what was your biggest challenge in becoming an artist and how did you or are you overcoming that yeah. challenge I'm, I'm definitely in the I, I still am overcoming and the, the biggest challenges are you know, fear of rejection and and fear of success yeah and they're both rooted in not knowing my identity as being loved and accepted by, by God. And, um, I, I'm overcoming that in, in the secret place, uh, with the Lord and just sitting quietly, uh, with him, setting my mind on what's true and right, uh, and good and, um, With even something as simple as in the morning, I, I really struggle with like CS Lewis talks about your, your thoughts rush at you like wild animals in the morning (laughs) and you have to do something with them. And I, I struggle, uh, with, with that. And so I've been trying lately to practice waking up and saying, whispering out loud. So I don't wake joy up like "The, the Lord is here. The Lord is in this room the Lord is present and just verbalizing reality is I'm just coming into agreement with what is true. And the truth sets you free. Right. And so God is really present. He is more real than anything that we see. And when just voicing that in the morning, you know, helps to clear my head a a little bit most mornings. Uh, And then I try and spend a couple minutes even before I arise uh, just meditating on like a scene from the gospels, maybe Jesus washing feet or uh, another another gospel scene or, or like this 23rd Psalm, just picturing myself as one of the shepherd's lambs out there and the shepherd with a smile on his face, leading me into a good green pasture and leading me beside waters of rest. And uh, just being there with that place, and it's not just wishful thinking or positive thinking it is it is reality it is the way things really are and when the other thoughts are coming at us it's the temptation to believe in something that's fantasy that's not reality and so it's um coming back and agreeing with what what is true uh and that's a great great battle for me so that's that's one way a sort of private way and then the other way which i I'm amazed at the freedom that comes from this is just by stepping out and doing something with my, my gift for other people, mm. playing a little house concert, playing, you know, leading worship or something like that. And, uh, the God's mercy and graciousness to use us, even when our motives are mixed and, you know, cause I'm a recovering perfectionist and I want to get everything cleaned up before I, before I do anything. I want to have all my motives pure and like, right? They're just they're not going to be, totally. (laughs) Right. And and God is so kind to use us anyway. And He meets us on the way as we step out. Like I can't wait until I feel better about doing things or feel ready or whatever. I just as I step out and do something, He meets me in the moment. Like most of the time when I'm getting ready to play uh a show or something, I have so much mental garbage, so the accuser gets so loud. And I can try and pray or whatever, but a lot of times that doesn't go until I strum the first
0: yeah. guitar note. Jump starts, into it, right?
1: <laughs> just start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh
0: yeah. That's so good. You know the one of the other songs I love of yours, I love so much of your music, but is this song called Be Kind off your album The Smallest Seed. And it really exemplifies, I think, the, the spirit of your music and even what you're saying right now, just kind of uh, unconsciously, I think, is your music and the essence of what it carries, I think, really calls people to something. It it calls us to our greater self in the Lord. It calls us to the fullness of the kingdom. And when I think of you, I only know the social media you, right? So I don't know the real you yet, but um, <laughs> yeah. you, you seem like a really nice person, like a really kind person, it seems like that you are really, you really believe this thing that, and I'm not, um I want this to come across as authentic as possible, like you really believe that Jesus can change your life, you really believe that there's a change that's happened in you, and because of that, you need to be walking in such a way that that transformation is touching others, not in some religious churchy way but in a really practical i love you in the hard stuff i'm kind to everybody that i meet i'm trying to release the kingdom in a real natural way and i know i'm making a mess of how to say that but (laughs) i I just your music evokes that it it does it has that very much i'm surprised that you said rich mullins because i'm like oh i love rich mullins but it, it has that same kind of feel of of drawing you to a greater truth in the kingdom, and I guess yeah. just talk a little bit about that because it seems, although it's nonverbal to me, it's like a glaring part of of who you are and what you do musically.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll have to ask my wife if I'm <laughs> really kind. That's where <laughs> my children. That's where it it uh, it comes down to, it. Right. and and uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, just on that for a second, uh, it, it's uh, you know the the perfectionist thing uh, that has been one of the 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 biggest struggles for me is um, I I am very and in fact the, the social media me and if you look through our window you know at our house like uh, you know you would say wow he's a really nice guy he does all of the right things mm. right <laughs> um, but what. I long for is to become the kind of person who does those things naturally Mm. Mm. because that's, you know, my, those closest to you can see when you are, are doing things sheerly through grit and uh, grit and willpower. They are very useful, but they are a depletable resource. And if you, if you just try and run your whole life off them, then uh, you're going to become depressed and, and angry. Whereas if you use the willpower to put yourself in a place to receive from Jesus only what he can do. And you're right. I really do believe that he can do because I've, I've tasted of it in small measures that, that you use your willpower to do things like spend time with him in the quiet place to do things like serve and, and other spiritual disciplines uh, not to earn anything, but so that you just put yourself in a place to receive what only Jesus can do in you. Only he can transform you and only, only he can really make you be kind. And that's why that that song, the line that's repeated most in that song is, uh, Jesus will show you how. Right? Yeah. Be kind yeah. to one another. Jesus will show you how. And and not just once, not just show you. He will show us in scripture and and in other ways, but he will teach us also in in the moment uh, when we when we pause and and ask him, and he wants to. He is alive and well and still speaking, and he wants to teach us. That's he Wants right. to teach us how how to be kind to each other.
0: It's one of the interesting things I think that all of us who are creatives and who put our creative process out for others to partake of. <laughs> uh, I have to deal with this thing that when when we write something or when we, I know, you know, when I wrote Unlocking the Heart of the Artist, my first book, and people started asking you to speak and, you know, I'm going to conferences and blah, blah, blah. And, and I told my wife, I'm like, they think that I've like done all this perfectly. Like I've got all the answers. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm writing yeah. this out of my journey and I'm writing this by faith and I'm writing yeah. this by prophetic unction to myself. You know, it's like, you're, it's it's the the mystery of the kingdom right it's here now and it's coming and i think that's right is is true for us it's the, these things that we write so easily that go out and can bless others creatively are are still being developed in us and isn't that the beauty yeah. of being able to walk with jesus and and realize that even in process <laughs> he wants to use us and delights in in using us in that that's it that's
1: it that's so good it's about the it is about the process. We all hear that. It's, it's become such a cliche, you know, it's about the journey, about the process or or whatever, but I hope we won't hope the familiarity won't put too, too strong of blinders on us because it's, it's so true that, that it is about doing life with, with God and about the journey that, that we're on and about cooperating with him and, and trying things and, and failing and that we're just, we're doing them together with him. And that's, that's the beauty of it. I've been thinking about this, the 70 disciples that Jesus sent out pretty early on in his ministry, I think. And they didn't really know who Jesus was. (laughs) They didn't really, they didn't understand his message about the kingdom or what he was bringing. I mean, the 12 didn't get it till after he, he had been raised from the dead. But he sends out the 70, nonetheless, go out there, do this stuff, and, uh, and they go and do it. And they try and they, they experiment with the Lord. And that's we get to do that, that too. He's so kind like that.
0: Oh, that's so good. You know, I know there are so many creatives that are listening right now that are maybe musicians, maybe on the visual art side, whatever, that, that want to create out of this place of authenticity that you're really endeavoring to, to cultivate in your life. If you had to give them one thing, <laughs> the, the one thing, right? One thing that's really, really been key in, in your journey and in allowing you to, to mine the depths of, of authenticity uh, in your creative journey, what, what would you say to them?
1: I will say this from a songwriting perspective, and I'm sure visual artists and others can translate it to their own medium. So when I'm working on writing a song, I know that I'm onto something when it moves me to tears, Mm. when it, when tears begin to flow because I've said something that's so true that it just resonated with something deep inside of me. Wow. And, um, and the end product might be a little different. I might not keep that line. I, I might, you know i might tweak that a little bit because art i believe is the the art that you share is meant to be understood in some way there's mystery to it and there's depth but like you're communicating something right um even in abstract art or things like that there's something that you're communicating and so um that initial thing that moves you might have to get shaped into something that that better communicates um but it's that that is a good starting place to to being authentic as when finding that thing that really that really moves you and if you're not there yet for your own art to to look at other people's art and say okay why why is that moving me so much what is it about that and lord help me to get to that same place in in my art where i'm able to able to communicate uh, authentically in a moving way that connects with
0: my heart that's so good well, Brian, thank you so much for being on today. I know that folks are going to want to connect with your music and, and all that. Where's the best place that they can connect with you online and uh, to, to hear more about what you're doing? M
1: O R Y K O N M-O-R-Y-K-O-N.com is a site that has my music on it. And then Brian Morikon. I'm not on social a whole lot. I'm trying to get better at that. But, uh, but yeah, there's not many of us more con, So you don't have to find me or my wife, which is good too.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, Brian, thanks again so much. And um, just all the best to you as you continue to to plow forward and what God's got for you creatively and, and just in him as a son. So thanks for being on. Thanks, man. I really enjoyed it. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.